You are listening to an SAFM podcast, 104 to 107 nationwide. Stream us live on www.safm.co.za or via the SABC Plus app. SABC News, independent and impartial. KwaZulu-Natal is expected to get a breather from the heavy rains that have been lashing the province since Christmas Eve, claiming scores of lives and causing damage to infrastructure, homes and businesses. Now, as light rain continues in Eteguini municipality, residents remain concerned that the accumulation of consistent rainfall will further jeopardize their properties. We are joined on the line now by Professor Anthony Turton from the Centre for Environmental Management at the University of the Free State. Professor, first and foremost, if, if we look at what's been happening in KwaZulu-Natal, um, not just over the past few weeks, but uh, the last few years, I would say, uh, in terms of how the weather patterns have changed, what is that attributable to? What's your assessment of what's happening there? There's a, a very vibrant debate going on in scientific circles about whether the, the weather patterns have changed. And certainly one of the leading climate specialists in KZN has uh, just recently published some work that shows that severe weather is, you know, has, has been going on for at least the last century or two. So I'm not sure that, that we're having more severe weather now than we had in the past. What we do have now that's different to the past is we're having institutional failure. And the institutions, because they are failing, they are unable to, uh, to convert uh, the... Uh, The, the signals that they're getting from the operation environment, in this case about a disaster happening, they are unable to convert those into adequate outputs. And those adequate outputs are responses to the disaster. So it's the conversion of these inputs to outputs, which is a, purely a, uh, uh, an institutional function. This is what's failing. And therefore, the solutions that are being put in place are either inadequate or too late or they, are, they are, are, are part and parcel of some or other deviation from recognized uh, uh, engineering standards or building norms. So it's a combination of all of those, but in most cases it's human error, not environmental factors. So how would you suggest they do better as government? Uh, because uh, the question then uh, seems to be, or you've perhaps just answered it, that perhaps government is not taking proper action plans. But what would that plan look like? Yes, I think the first thing is you need to have technically competent people in positions of authority. This is vitally important because particularly when it comes to uh, a lot of the damage we're seeing on the north coast now actually comes from new developments that are being uh, 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 developed uh, uh, in former sugarcane fields. And those new uh, developments obviously have gone through some kind of planning uh, process, and those plans have been approved by somebody. And it's the runoff from those new developments that's now causing a lot of the damage, for example, in the, in, in the uh, urban areas. So, so how are those plans approved? What are, what are the policies and, 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 and uh, uh, standard specifications that are used? Uh, is the person that does the approval technically competent to actually understand it? And, of course, are these building, builders being regulated? Are they being inspected correctly? Because I'm aware of a number, a number of places uh, where there's just literally a persistent flooding uh, uh, of areas that have been built up for quite a long time. 
but it all comes off those new developments. So, so it's you know it's 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 a complex problem, but at its very heart, it's about the absence of technically competent people that have to make decisions. And on the other hand, there's always this ever-present story of you know is there corruption at play? Are these people being bought off? Uh, you know, are the authorizations actually genuine? And of course, at the centre of all this is the accountability of those people, because we're now talking about about hundreds of millions, if not billions, of rands worth of damages over a period of time, plus the loss of investor confidence in the economy, therefore growing unemployment. So this is an absolutely serious matter that affects everybody in the province. And and I was reading uh, some articles, some uh, experts, Professor Turton, also saying that this flooding should be considered a wake-up call uh, for better integrated planning and uh, resilient infrastructure. But as I said at the beginning, this as not the first time that this has happened. We've seen over the past few years uh, the flooding and the sort of damage that it has caused in the KZN and Durban area. So are the lessons not being learned? We've been talking about integrated planning since 1994. In the water sector, all about integrated water resource management. Wherever you look, it's all about integration. So we've not been integrating since 1994. Why? Because simply the uh, the institutions have failed. But why are they failing? Because if, if you look at what's happening now, so you have the damage that's been caused by this latest uh, round of flooding, uh, but then obviously uh, the government will put out tenders. There will be term tenders that will be put out. There'll be emergency procurement uh, to respond to the repairs that need to be done. Uh, how do you balance that with making sure that you at the very least look like you know what you're doing and learning lessons? Well, you've, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head, you know, how do you actually look like you're in control? I think the reality is that uh, we're still dealing, uh, I live in the Port Shepston area, we're still dealing here with the with the consequences of the flooding in, 19, in, in 2020 and 2021. Uh, those those uh, flood uh, the flood damage from that uh, period of time has still not been repaired. So lots of money is always thrown at these things. The money never ends up in a in a viable solution. At the end of the day, there's no proper design. It's always uh, one disaster after the other. And of course, these funds very seldom end up uh, uh, in the hands of a of a technically competent contractor. So uh, uh, you now, what's happened up until now is there's been no accountability. Nobody has ever been held accountable in the system. And I sense that there's now growing frustration in society. And I sense that that moment of accountability is going to start coming ever, ever, ever present. And I would say if you want a watershed uh, event, the watershed event was the looters' war when, uh, when, when the UPL uh, uh, warehouse burnt down because uh, that UPL warehouse that, that burnt out Adam Klonga area, that flooded that entire area with, with, with highly toxic chemicals. And then the question that, that, that's central to that is how could it be possible for, for uh, the municipality to actually get permission for a company to store such hazardous chemicals right next to a school in an urban area? So the whole thing goes right to the heart of, uh, you know, of, 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 of the municipal process where you've got uh, all kinds of, of, of corruption 
construction taking place, people buying off, uh, getting permission for you know, for, de for development, etc. And there are always consequences for this. So I think that people are getting angry now. And certainly, you know, from the UPL case, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of millions of rand, if not billions of rands, worth of damages ultimately flowing from that. And now you start getting serious lawyers coming out. And I think ultimately you're going to start seeing people held uh, held uh, criminally culpable. And I think this is what's going to start turning the ship around when uh, when people are literally held criminally uh, accountable for their actions. Thank you so much, uh, Professor Anthony Turton from the Centre for Environmental Management at the University of the Free State. You can find SAFM Current Affairs on 104 to 107 nationwide. Our podcasts are available for download on all our digital platforms. SAFM, leading the conversation.